collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Watches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Enning, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persa. It's Collegiately Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to this week's edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett with former Wildcat quarterback Dan Person. We join you every week to kick around some of the stories involving the Northwestern Wildcats and Big Ten football. And hard to believe, Dan, this game coming up Saturday, a non-conference game against Howard University, will conclude the first half of the season. Six down and six more to go, and uh, the Wildcats have a chance to be 500 halfway through the season. Crazy. It's it's crazy that it's it's already halfway through, and um, you know we'll see how they do against Howard, but I think it's the, the Cats have improved pretty much every week. The offense has gotten better. The defense, I think, has been really spectacular um, over the last couple of weeks, so it seems like they're finding a groove, finding an identity, um, so we'll see how they, how they play against Howard and, and going forward. What, in your mind, is their identity? It seems like they're, you know, a tough defensive football team, right? It, it looks a lot like Coach Hank's old scheme, especially early in games. They're, they're pretty conservative. Let the game come to them. Keep things keep things in front of them. Um, and then, you know, as the game goes on, you know, they're very aggressive and bring pressure, and they play really hard, which is, I think, is pretty cool to see. Um, and on offense, I, I think, you know, they're they're clearly a lot more comfortable throwing the ball than than running the ball. Um, but I think it's something that, you know, especially with a defense like that, you have to find ways to, to keep pressure off them and control the ball a little bit more than they have done. Obviously, Penn State notwithstanding, it's like like we were talking about before, one of the best defenses in the country. But I think finding a little bit more balance is going to be important, especially as you get later in the season. No question about that. Uh, there were a couple of instances in the second half when they gave Penn State a short field. And that's a crusher against a team like that, especially when you've played him pretty much toe-to-toe throughout. And I understand the the decisions that, uh, that David Braun made. The, the, the fake punt came up just a little bit short. Uh, you go for it on a fourth down. You think you can make it, but you're playing a great defense. And they, they stopped him just like Northwestern has made life tough inside the five-yard line for opposing teams so far this year. Yeah, it's cliche, but it's a game of inches, right? Um, the the slide, or it wasn't really a slide, a dive by Bryant there mm-hmm. that came up just short where I, I thought he had it, but apparently not. And then, you know, the the sneak, you're going to get that nine times out of ten. And, and Penn State did a nice job coming over the top and, and stopping it as after Northwestern couldn't do the same. Um, and then I, I liked the, you know, the fake punt and it was right there, right? Again, mm-hmm. a couple, couple feet short, uh, unfortunately, but you got to stay aggressive. And I think coach Braun was really just doing his best to control the ball. Like I talked about before, right? Because you, you don't want to kick it back to a team, even though the defense was playing so well and staying on their head, you, you want to maintain possession a little bit longer. And unfortunately it was just, just short. Right. And, and f- at the end of the day, those, those inches define games. Yeah, no question. I would, Really, if you look at the game as a whole, and Penn State scored their last two touchdowns in the final four minutes of the game, and it was pretty well decided before that, so the score ends up being a little more lopsided, but that's that's what it is. However, if you look at it, it's a 10-10 game at halftime. That was the first time this year Penn State did not have a lead at halftime. A week ago, and granted, they were at home, and it was the whiteout and all that, but they they beat Iowa 31 to nothing and yet Northwestern 
in the fourth quarter was within two scores of them. And, uh, you know, just and they needed to put a drive together, couldn't do it. They had that first and goal situation before they kicked the field goal and uh, ended up kind of treading water. They moved it down to the one, and then Bryant gets sacked, and we know what happens there. He got hurt on that third and goal situation, and they have to kick a field goal as opposed to put a, a touchdown on the board. Maybe it's a different game there. You don't know, but it's uh, it certainly in my mind shows that this team has been trending in the right direction and continues to. I agree, and I, I'm not really one for, for moral victories, but I think it's also important to just kind of be honest with yourself, right? There's there's games where you win and, and you don't look great and, and you don't feel great about the win or the performance, and coaches need to be honest about with the players about how they played. I think the same goes for when you lose, but I think you, you play pretty well and there's things to build on and there's there's things you can build confidence on. Um, so I agree. I, I think they, they I was very happy with the way they played from an intensity standpoint. I thought the offense... Again, going up a great defense, put together some some pretty good drives. Just couldn't make the the couple plays they needed to to keep the game a little bit closer at the end. Uh, but no, I I agree. I think they're trending in the right direction. I think they're finding an identity. I think they're playing really really hard, um, which I think is important at this point of the season. Um, so I'm excited for Northwestern. I think I think they can keep it going. They have a lot of winnable games down the stretch, right? Some some that might be a little bit tough, but I think you know. Four of the last six are all pretty. Five of the last six are pretty winnable. Um, and you know, with Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois, I'd probably even throw Iowa in there as a kind of a coin flip game that you play well enough. Um, mm-hmm. Those could easily go either way. Well, there are a number of new guys who are making an impact on this team. Uh, especially, we've seen them on defense. Number of them, as uh, certainly the wide receivers, the transfers, Cam Johnson, AJ Henning, but on defense. Some transfers are making an impact as well, and we're pleased to welcome one of them right now to Collegiately Speaking, wearing number 52 for the Cats. He had a career high in tackles on Saturday against Penn State. It's Richie Haggerty. Richie, Dave Ennett, Dan Percy here. Thanks for joining us today, and welcome to Collegiately Speaking. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I appreciate you guys having me today. No, it's it's good to be able to chat with you. And uh, I'll tell you this: this defense, we've we've been talking about the progress they've made. If you go back to the first game against uh, Rutgers, and really that game kind of changed on two sixteen-play drives early on in that game. You guys were on the field for an awful long time, but we've seen this defense make steady improvement week after week where you got five games under your belt. What would you say, uh, how would you characterize the improvement the defense has made over the course of the season? Uh, I would probably say we have a a mentality of getting better every day, no matter what. We're going to improve on something that we didn't do as well last week and carry that over into the next week of preparation. Uh, That's the big thing we've been hammering on and obviously playing together. Playing together is a big thing. I mean, 11 guys to the ball, that's the biggest thing you can get. Aggressive defenses and everybody flying to the ball, and that's what we, we've really been leaning on that. I mean, we're leaning on the, the aspect of trusting our guys are going to make plays, and us as a defensive line, we have other guys that can come in and play just as well. So we got to play 110%. We preach that in the D-line room, 110%, 110%. Give it your all because you guys got you got guys coming in to back you up. Richie, let's give everybody a little idea of your background because uh, certainly it has not been – a straight line for you from New Palestine, Indiana, uh, to Northwestern. Uh, so coming out of high school, 
you were recruited by Northwestern, right? But you didn't end up uh, coming to Evanston at that time. Yeah, I, I was recruited uh, from my junior year, a little bit into my senior year, and things kind of uh, ended up falling off. They ended up offering. So I was, a, I was at a different position, so I came in to college as a linebacker. Um, so they ended up offering somebody else over me as, as a linebacker position. Ended up making my uh, first year and a half at uh, Miami of Ohio. And then uh, once COVID season got over with, ended up transferring to SIU for two years. Played two years here, actually played against Northwestern at Northwestern last year. Um, hopped in the portal as a graduate transfer, and uh, yeah, ended up in my home. I mean, <laughs> where, where I was looking to go out of high school. So it's pretty uh, pretty surreal, but uh, definitely something that I was uh, looking forward to to be able to showcase what I could do and obviously make a huge impact on this team. See, we weren't going to bring out the SIU game from last year, but it's <laughs> you put it out there now. So let's let's talk about that because that was a very painful moment for Wildcats fans. But it had to be a, a wonderful moment. I I mean, there's so many Salukis in Chicagoland, as you know, and I must have yeah. heard from every one of them in the week after that game. But what was that whole uh, experience like for you? Uh, obviously, as a, as a smaller team, I mean, it's, it's what we're going against now, and I've preached it to these guys. Uh, we're playing Howard this week, and I've been preaching. As a small school, you're getting an opportunity to showcase your talents on, I mean, this is arguably one of the biggest levels you can get to. So you're, you're going to go against guys that are giving it, I mean, 130%, over even 110%. So that was our mentality was we're the small dog. We're going to come in here and uh, obviously do what we do, and, that would, I'm, that's what we're facing this week, and I've, I've been preaching that all week, like understanding that this isn't just a walk-by win. These guys are going to come out, and they're going to give it their all. I mean, they're showcasing their talents on the on the highest level possible. So it's not just a walk-over game. This is a game that we have to take as serious as Penn State, anybody. I mean, everybody is a nameless, faceless opponent that we've been preaching this year. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Our, our week of preparation and everything has been the same really consistent hammering all of the all the small not minute details that's that's what we're still hammering now richie dan Percy here thanks again for for joining us um maybe talk a little bit about coach braun his maturation throughout the season both as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator I, i've been really impressed with him on as as a head coach and, and a coordinator but he obviously uh is balancing those duties but maybe talk a little bit about how he's matured or changed um or you know obviously improved throughout the season I think he stepped into a position that uh, he was already ready for. I mean, he's, he's not only a great person off the field, but on the field he's an even better coach. He's got the energy that you need as a leader, and he stepped into that role and kind of embraced everything. He's, he's a guy that obviously everybody can lean on. Everybody trusts him, and everybody bought in when he was named the intern coach. And everybody knew that he was going to come in and do a fantastic job. I mean, I played against him at – North Dakota State, obviously they had a very, very good defense up there at North Dakota State. Nothing nothing shy that they haven't put on film here over there at North Dakota State. And uh, coming in here and him recruiting me along with Coach Smith was uh, definitely, definitely, uh, I got to know them a lot more. I got to know them a lot more. And my, my respect for them just increased. And overall for Coach Braun being able to step into that position and being able to manage, obviously, a, a defense alongside with the whole team is a lot to have your hands on. But he brought in the right guys. He actually brought in one of the coaches that came in when I left you, Coach Bowl. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's been a, it's been a journey, but I think he's embraced it and done everything in his power to make us be as successful as possible. Because 
that's what he preaches. He preaches us being successful, us playing fast, and a fast defense is going to be a little more successful than somebody who's playing hesitant. Agreed. I think he's done a great job. Uh, Dave and I were chatting a little bit about the identity of the team uh, previously. What do you think your guys' identity, specifically on defense, has been, or you know, what are you striving to be for the rest of the season? I think we're just a gritty, just down to earth team that's gonna just gonna it's gonna go every play. I mean, I told like I said, every game we preach, we got to go 110. percent Doesn't matter if you're a D tackle, everybody's flying to the ball, everybody's trying to get there, everybody's pursuing, everybody's getting 11 hats to the ball. Um, I mean, obviously, we want to keep keep the energy going, keep our energy consistent. Something we've been talking about. We want to keep our our level headedness, never get too high, never get too low. That's a big thing we've been preaching. And just our overall identity is just, I mean, we want to just punch dudes in the mouth. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to give it to them. Be the be the nail, not the nail. Be the hammer. You want to be the hammer and not be the nail. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we've been preaching. You got a guy playing alongside you on the D line, young guy, former uh, walk on, who's uh, come in and and really made some plays, especially last few games. What can you tell us about Carmine? Oh, Carmine, he's made jumps just from since I've been here in the fall. I mean, he is he's improved drastically. He's one of those guys that's just nitty gritty, and he's going to get it done any way possible. He's he's earned a lot of my respect getting to know him over all these past few months and uh. Yeah, I, I came in here and actually didn't even know he was a walk-on until they announced he was put on scholarship. So even more so earning my respect on how he played, what his preparation was going into practices, into summer workouts, into lifts, and just seeing how he overall just takes everything in. He's, he's done a great job. I mean, nothing, nothing shy of great. I mean, that's just the word I think of when I, when I see him, and he's improved every week. I see him working on stuff he didn't do as well the week before. And he's just overall improving. He wants to get better, and that's one thing that, that I love. I want, guys want to get better. Guys want to strive for greatness and be better than they were before. So that's, that's what I've seen from him. Nothing, nothing shy of it either. Visiting with Richie Haggerty, number 52 on the Wildcat defensive line. I understand there's, there's something else over which uh, you and Coach Braun have bonded, and that's the fact that you're both dads, right? Absolutely. Yeah, tell us about your little girl. Yeah, so uh, my daughter's name's Carson Lee Haggerty. Uh, she's four years old. Had her coming out of actually middle of senior year of high school. So some a little different. Um, but yeah, I came in here and obviously had a uh, different connection with Coach Braun on on the level of both being dads and all that, and him actually now having a little girl. And uh, that's something we've bonded over and talked over and been able to on a different level outside of football earn each other's respect on getting perspectives. I mean, I'm a young guy in the new generation with a four-year-old daughter. and He's the older older head coach with two older sons, now now an infant daughter. So we've got all perspectives on that aspect and been able to bond just outside of the field, outside of football, kind of getting a grasp on who we are as people and not just who you are behind the pads, but, but the man behind the pads and the man behind the coach as well. So that's been a huge aspect on being able to – see each other for who we really are very cool has your daughter seen you play football yet is she aware of football oh absolutely every home game her and my family come up and they're she's she's got my number on with daddy on the shirt and Uh she's cheering for me knows 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 me by the number so luckily they had 52 so yeah she's known she's been coming from since siu i mean since she came to a few miami games but uh 
majority, I mean, when she's an infant, it's hard to get her to the games. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, she's been at every game. Every home game we've had an opportunity, she's up here staying, staying right at my house, and uh, she loves every minute of it, loves every minute of it. Uh, Obsessed with really the Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that he does have that effect on kids, no doubt about it. Hey, Richie, that's beautiful. Hey, we really appreciate your time. Uh, congrats on a great start to the season. And uh, hard to believe you're almost halfway through it. But uh, good luck on Saturday against Howard, and we'll look forward to chatting with you again in the future. All right, bud? I appreciate you guys. You guys have a blessed one as well. All right, thank you. Thanks, Richie. That's Richie Haggerty. Number 52 of the Wildcats, and uh, a cool story there. And, uh, you know, the fact that he started at Miami, which is a school which, of course, uh, there have been a lot of connections over the years between Miami and Northwestern with all the coaches who have coached at both places, from Eric Parsegan and John Pont to Randy Walker, and, and, uh, and he began his college career there, now playing for the Cats, and... Uh, and doing a really nice job for them. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think, um, you know, having, at the end of the day, having a gritty guy like him, I like the answer that he that he gave when I asked about the identity, like we talked about last week. It's, it seems like it's a throwback defense that plays really hard, um, plays within the scheme, and it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, no question about that. All right. I, and I also think it's got, there has to be some value in having not only Richie, but also uh, having David Braun coming from the FCS level when you're preparing to play an FCS team. Let's face it, Dan, you know this, that uh, at times the Wildcats have struggled against FCS opponents, and and it's no longer the shock when an FCS team beats an FBS team that it used to be, I don't know, 10, 15 years, or certainly when Appalachian State went in and beat Michigan, uh, or, or even when New Hampshire came in and beat Northwestern many years ago, and New Hampshire was a really good FCS program. But it happens on, on may, maybe not frequently, but it does happen now. And so I think teams have to be on guard. 100%. It happens a lot now. And I think it just speaks to the depth of talent across the country. And, and there's so many good football players out there. And um, yeah, it, you, you have to prepare like it's anybody else. And I think he had, he had a great answer for that as well. All right, so uh, Saturday, Howard University, the Howard Bison coming in to play the Cats. Uh, they are coming off a win over Robert Morris on the road last week. They've played uh, one FBS team so far this year. That was Eastern Michigan. They played them in uh, Ypsilanti back uh, in the opener. Lost that game 33-23. But they are a high-scoring team. Put up 65 points on Morehouse in their home opener, uh, lost their next game at home to Hampton 35-34. They score a lot of points. They have some explosive players in their offense, so they they better be ready because, let's face it, uh, we know one thing about Northwestern. Uh, they, they really don't have much margin for error here. It, as well as the defense might be playing, they can't afford to take it easy this week thinking they're going to have a, an easy time with Howard. Agreed, and we don't really know about Ben Bryant, right? So I right. think he's he's been a staple for the offense the first the first half of the season, and um, Brendan Sullivan's certainly a capable backup, but he's he's not he wasn't the starter for a reason. So not having him um, could potentially be an issue. Big Ten uh, season or weekend rather begins on Friday night in Champaign, Illinois. Trying to get back on track, uh, will be taking on Nebraska. The Wildcats 
next opponent that will follow the bye week of next week. Uh, Maryland plays at Ohio State, Rutgers at Wisconsin, Iowa hosting Purdue. Uh, interesting game Saturday night. Number two, Michigan on the road to play Minnesota, which bounced back from the loss to the Wildcats against Louisiana last week. Uh, let's find out uh, what Super Joe thinks. Let's get his prediction of the week. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super Joe's Predictions. David, Daniel, thank you very much. We ended September on a strong note, but now it's on to October. Let's head to Columbus, Ohio for the 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox between Maryland and Ohio State. The game total right now is set at 58, and of course, we're smashing the over. Since Maryland joined the Big Ten about a decade ago, these two teams have played each other eight times, and the game has never gone under 58. In fact, the lowest point total in those eight meetings is 65. This year, Maryland and Ohio State are the top two passing teams and the best two teams in total offense in the Big Ten. We're still a few days away from kickoff, but right now the forecast has it in the mid-50s and maybe a little bit of rain. Not enough to impact the score. I think this goes way over the 58, and I'm kind of rooting for Maryland. All right, Joe, thanks. And uh, again, this week, the Cats and the Bison at uh, Ryan Field and Evanston homecoming. A lot of your former classmates coming back for this one? I think so. It's uh, you know not, not the Big Ten matchup that all of us were probably hoping for for homecoming, but, yeah, it's, it's always a great outing. Yeah, no question. So it's a uh, kickoff at 2 o'clock Saturday at uh, Ryan Field. We'll be on the air with our pregame at 1.30 on uh, WGN Radio, so we hope you'll tune in for that. Dan, thanks as always. We will see you out in Evanston on Saturday. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks to uh, Richie Haggerty for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Jack Heinrich, doing a great job. Dan Long, our engineer. Also, Super Joe for his prediction. I'm Dave Ennett. Thanks for being with us on Collegiately Speaking. We'll talk to you again next week.